Hey everyone, live from New York City, I'm Jay Dombeck and this is Sports In Depth. What's up folks, JD here, Christmas in a few days, the best time of the year. Let's start in the NFL. It was a wild weekend to say the least. Sunday Night Football. Tom Brady, zero points. We didn't expect that one. The Saints upset Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 9-0. Not a touchdown scored in the ballgame. Three field goals for New Orleans, and they prevail against a group that's been okay. Uh, I thought Tom Brady benefited from a few calls last week against the Buffalo Bills. And here this week, losing, straight up. The key was, though, guys injury and it could get scary for Tampa Bay. Chris Godwin folks is out for the season with an ACL tear. He took a big hit to the leg area. Tom Brady's gonna miss one of his main targets and how about his other main target? Mike Evans, hamstring injury. He also left the game. Uh, They're unsure if he's gonna play next week. It's a week-by-week injury. It's not as severe as Chris Godwin but still. And Leonard Fournette left the game injured. Hamstring as well with him, two hamstrings and a knee injury. If Tom Brady doesn't have all of his weapons, I don't know if the Bucks can go to distance, folks. I mean, I see holes in the team. The kicker, Ryan Suckup, missed a key one. The offensive line for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers got pushed around a little bit by that tough D-line of the Saints. We know what Cam Jordan can do. We know what the other guys on that defense are capable of. Gardner Johnson, you know, we know Malcolm Jenkins is in that secondary doing a good job on Robert Gronkowski yesterday. Uh, You know, big time. I wanted to start with Sunday Night Football because it was a shocker. Keep in mind, Taysom Hill's the quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. He's not all that. Um, In my opinion, I always joke he's a running back. He's a slot receiver. He's a special teams guy. When you throw him at quarterback, he will do his best. That's the best option the Saints have at the moment with Winston out for the year. But the Saints, 7-7, seven and seven, trying to make a playoff push, even though they've been mixing it up, starting the season with Jameis Winston, working Trevor Simeon in, realizing Simeon's not really prepared, and they went back to Taysom Hill, who played a little bit of quarterback during the Drew Brees era when Drew was out for a game or two here and there. A lot to be said about this Saints group. I feel they battle hard. The Saints, straight up, are Tom Brady's kryptonite. They really are, folks. Tom Brady is 0-4 against the Saints in the regular season since joining the Bucs. We all know he beat the Saints when it mattered most last year. But the regular season, he wants to knock at the door for that number one seed. Aaron Rodgers holds it as of now. Tom Brady might be playing on Wild Card Weekend simply because now, with seven teams making it from each conference... There's only one team from each conference that can have a bye, and we all know that. Transitioning over, before I talk about this game, I want to mention one thing. Anyone can beat anyone in the National Football League, no ifs, ands, or buts. The Detroit Lions absolutely demolished the Arizona Cardinals. And yes, I said that right. Demolished. 30-12. to The Detroit Lions had one win coming into this game on Sunday, but 
They played with heart. They played with passion. Dan Campbell has control of his locker room. Jared Goff, in my opinion, is a pretty good quarterback. No, he's not a superstar, but he's not bottom of the barrel. He's a middle of the road guy, X and O guy, gets it done, completes third downs, pushes the offensive tempo in the right direction. And Kyler Murray simply said that the Arizona Cardinals looked past this game. We've heard that story before, folks. You can't look past anyone in the NFL. All professionals, all guys that are capable of making plays on special teams, offense, and defense. So I wanted to shout out the Lions because I'm really proud of their effort more than anything. They do not have the skill set that the Arizona Cardinals have, but they have the fight in them that took them to the promised land on Sunday afternoon. Another game, another loss for the Baltimore Ravens, and John Harbaugh elects to go for it once again, and once again he fails. Take it to overtime, brother. Harbaugh was thinking, we're going against Aaron Rodgers. We're either going to win it now or lose it in OT. He said straight up in a post-game interview that he thought that was the best chance for the Baltimore Ravens. Okay, I get that, John, but I'm going to ask you one thing. What worked for you on that last drive? Huntley, the quarterback, Lamar Jackson's backup, running the football effectively. That's how he scored. He's not a roll out of the pocket to the right, throw it accurately with three defenders in the area for the Green Bay Packers. I hated the play call. Yes, we can go back and forth on if they should have or shouldn't have gone for the two-point conversion, but what we can all agree on, I hope, is we need a better play call. In my opinion, it should have been a QB draw out of the shotgun. You ride or die there. You ride or die with Huntley's legs, not his arm. That's not what he's known for. How are you going to win that game with the players you have at hand? Run the football, live or die by the run, ground and pound. You want that instead of the pass and the window was too tight. I can even joke that that window was too tight for Lamar Jackson if he was playing. So a lot to be said there. Yes, I do think the Baltimore Ravens still have a chance of squeaking in the postseason, but what they did here is not give themselves a chance at overtime, which, in my opinion, the way that game was going, whoever got it first in OT was going to win the game. So you just got to pray to win the coin toss and execute out there on the football field. So a good game. We watched some good ones. Um, Another one I wanted to touch upon, you know, we won't waste our time, Giants, Jets, none of that. I don't want to talk about Bengals, Broncos, because both of those teams are simply not able to drop points in a football game, you know, and uh, that's going to cause them problems as we get closer to the postseason. But I want to talk about Steelers-Titans. I want to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Steel Curtain, Blitzburg as we know them, stepping up big defensively. That's what Pittsburgh's all about. A big fourth down stop to seal the victory, folks. I thought the Steelers played good football. I always say, folks, that the Pittsburgh Steelers are great in low-scoring games. They depend on their defense to get it done. And Tennessee was up 10-0 in this ballgame at one point. But the Steelers never quit. They had fight. And Big Ben played a Big Ben so-so game. But the defense showed up big. And uh, I think the Titans are slipping, guys. I really think they're starting 
to realize without Derrick Henry, it is going to be tough for them to beat great teams without that threat out of the run game. I really do think that. And I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are knocking at the postseason. I cannot give you a 100% sure answer on if Pittsburgh's going to be in the postseason. But I must say, they're going to give it everything they have, especially in what could be Big Ben's last year at quarterback in the great city of Pittsburgh. I'm going to rewind all the way to Thursday night, and I am going to talk about play calling, and I'm not going to knock at Brandon Staley. I talk with my cousin, a longtime Charger fan. He is okay with what's going on there, with belief in the quarterback, Justin Herbert, and belief in his ability to convert on fourth down. My only thing is at the end of a football game, I always think what could have happened. I go through my head after each game, and you know what I said here? Chargers left nine points off the scoreboard. It ended up being taken OT instead of winning by nine with three field goals, you know, turning it over in the red zone, not converting twice early on uh, fourth down tries. And it's funny, I'm in a predicament here, folks. I go back and forth because Brandon Staley is someone who listens to analytics. He listens to gutsy play call. He doesn't want the lead to be so small where Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, especially with that high-powered offense, could come and score quickly. I think Staley got trigger happy towards the end of the first half going for it. You take an easy three, in my opinion, especially there. I liked his call to go for it early. They just simply didn't get it. It was a crazy play where uh, the receiver for the Chargers, Parham, got hurt on the play. It was actually a scary play, and he couldn't come down with the football. I'm okay with going for it early. When time's expiring in the half or in the start of the third quarter, take three. Take three, man. That's going to take you to the promised land. I always say... For coaches to look up to Bill Belichick in the pros and in college look up to Nick Saban. What would those guys do? No ifs, ands, or buts. Take three unless it's fourth and short, fourth and medium when they are down in the football game. The one thing I say here is Brandon Staley, he gets trigger happy when he's in complete control of the game. Trust your kicker. Trust your defense. I get you have an unbelievable amount of respect for Justin Herbert and belief that he can get it done, but even Justin, Coach Staley, would want you to do what's best for the football team. T-E-A-M, as Bill Belichick says. That's how you win in the National Football League. And I thought Brandon Staley, he'll learn from this. He's been trigger happy. I talked about this about a month ago on this show when they lost big, going for it on fourth in their own territory early. Be careful. That's not how you win games in the postseason, and that is what you're playing for. You don't want to take your team out of it based on coaching, right? Coach Staley, you're a great coach. Know that fourth down is situational. It's situational football. It's not, we got to go for it every time because I'm a gutsy coach. I believe in analytics, and Justin Herbert's the man. You might think all those things, but guess what? How are you going to win the football game? against a really good opponent like you had on Thursday night. Part of that loss is on you, and I hope you learn from that as well as your whole coaching staff. Guys, I'm going to wrap up today talking about the hit on Chris Godwin on Sunday night football. He got hit in the knee. 
helmet to the knee. It was a hit on a defenseless receiver. I want to talk about the rules in the National Football League, folks. That was a hit on a defenseless receiver. I know the game is trying to help guys not have long-term injuries like CTE, so they're staying away from the head and neck area. But receivers are getting hit low, real low, when receivers rather get hit low than high because it's all about speed. Godwin took a hit to his knee, ACL. He might never come back the same. If they take a hit to the head, it's a concussion, and they're back in a week or two. ACL puts you out for the season. I guess I'm talking from a standpoint of keeping you on the field at that particular time and not long term, because CTE, brain injuries, I get it. But these leg injuries, you guys know what I mean. Receivers, backs, all these guys rely on their legs, their feet, being shifty in the open field, running hard routes. You know, if the knee's out of whack, MCL, ACL, meniscus, you're bugging. You're not the same. And uh, I just wanted to talk about that because Chris Collinsworth helped me think this way watching Sunday Night Football. And Chris, we know he's great, a former player and a receiver himself. And the receiver community has been fighting for this. We can't get hit high, so they're taking out our legs, ankles, things we need to be the football players we simply are. You know, Randy Moss, Jerry Rice, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Calvin Johnson, these guys rely on their speed as much as anything else. And I truly feel that that rule's got to be re-evaluated because it's unfair for receivers to get hit low simply because defensive players are avoiding hitting them high. So that's just some football talk there for you guys. Really fun night in the studio. Christmas is in a few days. I cannot wait. Everyone enjoy with their fam and friends. And uh, we're going to take a break next week. And uh, I'll see you guys in two weeks. I'll see you in the new year. Everyone have a happy and healthy holiday. From my family to yours. J.D. out.